0: How do you know this? That's what I do. I drink, and I know things. Truth is, <laughs> <I'm open. laughs> I am Iron Man. Well, we're going, we don't need roads When people ask you what happened here, tell them the North remembers. And here we go. Welcome to None of the Movie Pod. I'm Zach Williamson with Luke Goosens today, and back with Ross Cutsfirth. And we're talking the Game of Thrones prequel series, some Mandalorian, and Episode 2 of HBO's Watchmen series. So, very up and down week for Game of Thrones. Today, first big story that happened at the beginning of the day. The Game of Thrones prequel said in the Age of Heroes, which would have included the long night, it has been canceled. The reasons were due to lengthy post-production, which I was just talking about with Danielle actually the other day that we hadn't heard anything on this show in a minute right like the prequel or the pilot happened three or four months ago and that's a long time to cut up a pilot and then start production after that so there was already bad signs happening with that i was thinking that same thing a week ago i feel the show just wasn't really getting talked about for a while just since the pilot yeah just that nothing had been moving forward yeah what do you guys think about it though? Do you care or were you looking forward to this one or what? I mean, okay. So the I think we've talked about this on other pods before. The problem one for me with this one is that they announced that the Targaryen one was going to move forward. And that story is just seems way crazier, way more exciting. Yeah. Bigger scale and more, you know, dragons in it and stuff. So that one I was more hyped for. And with this one, we know how this one ends. We know that If it's going to have the White Walkers, they just get beat again. Well, wouldn't we know how this one goes to the dragons, you know, because we all the Targaryen history or there's definitely some gaps in it. But most of it we already know, too. Right. Yeah. I don't I just think the history of this part is more interesting to me. Oh, no. Yeah. There's way more characters that we know in this era. Yeah. And when your big baddie is just this guy who's going to get stabbed a couple thousand (laughs) years later. By uh, a so <laughs> Yeah. Thinking? I, I want to see them do White Walkers better, though. That is one thing I was looking to forward to out of that show. But I'm not too sad about it because just like we were saying, there's not a lot of characters that we know about in that era. Just a couple. But it would have been cool to see them work with more of a blank canvas and be able to create almost a completely new roster of characters. Yeah. I think from what I heard, too, is that this was the fifth show. You know, there was originally five ideas, and this was the fifth one. Oh, really? Okay. That was pitched later. And it had a lot to do with that the HBO, the person who approved it at the time, he wanted to build a show pretty much around the hype with the White Walkers and the Starks. And that was one of the reasons why. Whereas from what I've heard is all the other shows were kind of based off stories that are a little more filled out. Yeah, we only know about two of them right now. And I guess it's following that trend, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. And there was there was other stuff, too, obviously, that must have gone bad with this one for not to move forward. The report today said there was other issues during filming. And I heard and take this with a grain of salt. But this is like this is definitely still a rumor, too, that one of the reasons is why they were trying to be more diverse with this show. And the problem with is, you know, it's in Westeros. It's mostly white people. And for this, they cast all the children of the forest as black people in their effort to make it, you know, a little more diverse. Well, I mean, couldn't the Children of the Forest been black or white, right? Or any color? Yeah, they could have. But I think from this rumor, too, is what they're doing is they were going to retcon it and say that the Children of the Forest were indigenous people at one point. Oh, always looked like that? Yeah, and then were that and turned into this. Oh, fuck, dude. Yeah, which which would be bad. That would not be the route you want to go. Yeah, And a lot of these other shows that they could greenlight would have way more diversity, especially if you get Essos involved. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's other directions you can go if you want to go that route, dude, you know. There is a couple of black characters from the books that were really cool that they left out of the main Game of Thrones show that I was kind of disappointed. Like St- Strong Bellwas, that he's a pretty dope character in the books, and they didn't include him. Yeah. I wish, I wish they would have. But yeah, just having all your characters then they're under green paint the whole time. That's just that's not the the way you want to go if you're trying to be more diverse. And I'm sure as we go forward, I would love to read this pilot once it leaks online. It's going to happen eventually. Find out what else was wrong with it. You think so? Oh yeah. I mean all the Game of Thrones ones that were always leaking. Yeah, could happen. Nothing more on that on that prequel. But then also what happened today? HBO came out and straight up said that they are moving forward with the Targaryen prequel. That got announced with the whole HBO Max slate. That was their final big announcement. Best part about this, I thought, Miguel Shaposhnik is yeah. going to be one of the directors. He's going to be one of the showrunners, too, for this. He's going to direct the pilot. He's going to direct a bunch of episodes in it. He, I think, is the best director they had on, on the show. He did Battle of the Bastards, Hard Home, The Long Night, The Winds of Winter, just a bunch of really good episodes. And the problems, if there was any problem with this episode, I don't think it was the directing. Definitely not. No, yeah. I thought he was definitely one of my favorite directors throughout the main Game of Thrones series. Who do you think else would even be up there, like David Nutter or a different director? Nutter had really good, really good episodes, but I think as far as just getting the battles, and that's what this show is going to have a lot of doing the Targaryen dynasty. Yeah. And this is the right guy for that. Oh, definitely. Especially if he brings the same crew on with him that he was able to work with on Game of Thrones. That would be really beneficial to just whatever he creates. Yeah, definitely, and just like with some of the stuff that he had to deal with D and D, with stuff that he wanted to do with his episodes that he wasn't allowed to do, it's it's cool. He's he's gonna get his own freedom with this one. Yeah, pretty cool. I'm excited for it. For the listeners who don't know, George R. R. Martin is co-writing the story with Ryan Condal, who's also going to show as, serve as another one of the showrunners. So they got a good crew behind this. What is some stuff that Ryan does? I'm not too familiar with him. Ryan Condal. So he wrote a show called Colony, which George R. Martin was a huge fan of. And that's how he found him. Oh, okay. He's going to write the screenplay to Highlander, a remake, I assume. For movies, he's written Rampage, Hercules, 2014. With The Rock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Plurality and Paradise Lost, which I don't, I don't know what those movies are. So some pretty trash shit. Well, for movies, maybe he's more of a show writer, though. I've never seen Colony, so I can't really speak on it. Yeah, I've never seen Colony either. But those other ones, I guess I haven't really seen any of those. But Rampage, yeah, it says a generally favorable reviews. The show, but I've never seen it. But if if George R. R. Martin likes this guy, then I'm good with it. It's fun. I'm excited for the Miguel Sapochnik aspect of that <laughs> little crew right there. Yeah, for sure. Oh, the last thing too, this one has been ordered straight to series, so there'll be no pilot. Don't have to worry about it getting a pilot and then getting canned couple months later. That's sick. Yeah. All right, so that's it on our Game of Thrones talk. If you want to hear more into what the Targaryen show called House of the Dragon is going to be about, we dropped an episode a month ago discussing everything that happens between Aegon's conquest and the Targaryen civil war known as the Dance of Dragons. We also did one of the rumored Doom of Valyria show that's in development. And I know people want us to discuss the D&D drama, so we're going to drop a mini pod later this week discussing all the David Benioff and DBY stuff with their controversial panel and them exiting Star Wars, which is still in development as of tonight. And Ross and I finally found the audio for that Austin panel. So we're going to transcribe it ourselves and see if that viral Twitter thread from an account called Aria is a little biased because I've been hearing some of this stuff that she posted. Although it had some truth to it, it was slightly spun to make him look a little more negative. And we're not D&D defenders or anything, but we just want to make sure we get this back straight so we're going to report it to people. So we're going to gather all that and report it on the next pod. And the Star Wars stuff is getting pretty crazy. Some of the trade sites like Hollywood Reporter and variety are digging into it right now, into that story. So we're going to wait for all the facts on that. But I can tell you one thing. The reports that they were fired right after the Game of Thrones finale aired were definitely wrong, though, since Disney was negotiating an overall deal with these guys for Disney Plus until at least mid-July. So none of that is right. All right, so next, let's talk a little bit about the Mandalorian trailer. Yeah, what'd you guys think? Luke, what'd you think? It looks dope. What's the name of that bounty hunter he's fighting at the beginning? Wait, what bounty hunter? What about that staff? The staff? Confuse that you're talking. At the beginning of the trailer, he's fighting that bounty hunter in that pit with the. Stat. Oh, those are just Trandoshans, but it's not Bosk though. I think but they're sure because was IG88. No, it's not no, IG88. It's not. Yeah, he's an IG88 droid, but he. He's not the one from Empire Strikes Back. So that's IG-11, and that one's played by Taika Waititi. Yeah. In Star Wars Universe, there was the IG series, and there was... The Assassin Droid. There was the Assassin Droid, but there was a group of five of them that got their own thoughts and ditched. And I think that IG-11 is going to be another one of those. The first one was IG-88 that we know about. Okay, well, same shit. They're making duplicates of these guys. Make us feel all fucking nostalgic. No, not the Trandoshans, though. Those were the Trandoshans, were yeah, he was one of the bounty hunters, dude. Yes, he was. Oh, Bosk is a Trandoshan, yeah, but there he's from a planet called Trandosha, and there's a ton of Trandoshans from there. So I think it was one of those other Trandoshans, I'm sure, but we only know them as bounty hunters. From that's what everyone recognizes them as, right? They're, yeah, that's pretty much what the whole planet is kind of known for. in... The Clone Wars and stuff. They have a warrior culture, but so are the Mandalorians. All the Mandalorians kind of have a warrior culture. Yeah, they're feared throughout the galaxy. Yeah, as bounty hunters and just warriors. Very recognizable with their armor. I mean, what about you, Ross? I liked it. There was a bunch of cool races in there. The Trandoshans in the beginning and then the Jawas riding the dewbacks on the hills up there was pretty sick. So that must be like Tatooine, right? Because they're riding dewbacks. Definitely the Outer Rim. I think Tatooine is going to be a big factor, and this looks like Tatooine. Yeah. And then the B2 Super Battle Droids were cool in the background in that one shot. Yeah, I think that's got to be a flashback, right? Because why would the Empire, after Return Return of the Jedi, be using B2 Battle Droids? Well, they could be stored ones that... People got out. They had the HMP droid gunship, too. It, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I saw that, too. They could. There could be stored ones that got just kind of forgotten. And then once it entered this kind of lawless state, that stuff could have been more accessible because there was an empire to guard shit like that would be my guess. That's a good theory. I figured for me, I think it's going to be a flashback to what happened in his childhood or something. Yeah. I don't know. Was Mandalore attacked during the Clone Wars? Yeah, the, you mean the Death Watch attack on it? I just meant by like the separatist unit. I have no, I don't know when they got attacked or anything. I was asking you. Oh yeah, in the Clone Wars, so that would be the prequel area or era. They were a peaceful planet, and then they had insurgents, kind of the Death Watch group that was exiled to their the moon of Mandalore, kind of built up a rebellion and then started an uprising on Mandalore and took over the Senate and everything. Oh, I knew about that. Sorry. Not the not the whole Mandalorian little civil war. I meant like was Uh-oh. there an attack from the Separatist troops on Mandalore during any of that time that why there would be battle droids or some sort of there's a flashback. That's what I meant. Sorry. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot going on. It looks badass. Yeah. I'm I'm liking it. We heard him talk. Yeah, I was gonna say I like Pedro Pascal's voice for this too. Yeah. It was pretty man, good. Matched good with it. It was a yeah. good trailer. Two and weeks, too. Yes, I'm excited. I'm really excited. For the listeners, we're going to review every episode of that pod. There's going to be two episodes. Disney Plus is going to put out two episodes that week. So, going to be one on Tuesday, one on Friday. Oh, boy. Let's go. Might have to do individual episodes for that. We'll see. Yeah. It looked like this story kind of seemed like it will start out with the Mandalorian starting at Pedro Pascal's character, starting as kind of a gray character or hardened and then over time because some of the quotes from the trailer was one was a guy saying he was sorry about uh hurting their people or whatever and i was thinking maybe they're a corporation that's putting down i don't know as some group of people in on a planet and then i would think that maybe the storyline would go to the mandalorian kind of softening for that i guess Yeah, for me, the story is probably going to be he gets into some sort of bounty and gets way too tied into it, whatever whatever it affects. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. He definitely seems like he's going to be a great character, which is going to be cool because we don't really have – it's always light side, dark side in the Star Wars universe. Yeah, true. I think that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, I don't have anything else on it, really. Sick. So next we're going to review Watchmen Episode 2. If you're behind, go watch the two episodes on HBO – and listen to our last episode where we recapped everything you need to know about the graphic novels and our episode one theories. And then come back to this one. If you're not into the show, thank you for listening. Drop us a review on iTunes and follow our Twitter at NotAMoviePod. Feel free to DM your questions about any of the topics we're talking about. And I will see you guys later this week with our next pod. This episode launched with another flashback. It seems like that's kind of what's going to be happening throughout the show as we're going to see sort of the life of this old man maybe some other events that kind of make make it make sense for why this world is where it is now yeah Made it kind of seem like that would be the intro it's just a flashback because they don't yeah. have an intro besides that yeah and this one was cool because that german world war one propaganda they used was a real note yeah word for word yeah which is crazy they they did so much propaganda shit like that world war ii They did, and I think it was kind of factoring in for me. No, it was World War One. Oh, sorry, World War One. Yeah, that's what I said. Because in World War Two, they're killing blacks. Yeah, my bad. I think they did in World War Two as well, but Mm -mm. no, they didn't. I guarantee it. Yeah, World War Two, they were racist against everyone. All right, yeah, just to their own citizens. I guess they did propaganda. (laughs) Uh, Oh, I was going to say, so for this, just based off that propaganda from Germany. There's that whole hooded justice theory on maybe he was German or he sympathized with Germany a little bit. And that almost could make sense if the old man is hooded justice just because he's had that note. And that note probably really took to heart for him when he was a kid after everything it kind of said in that propaganda ended up happening to his dad. His dad fought for America, comes back, gets killed by the people he fought for. Damn. Yeah, he, he really could be hooded justice. Hooded justice definitely is not what's his name, though. Yeah, I like that they put that theory to rest. Ralph Mueller. Yeah, or Ralph Mueller. Rolf. Or Rolf Mueller. Luke, is it Rolf Mueller? Yeah, I think it's Rolf. Yeah, I was I was into that. I like that they pretty much said, nope, that's not what happened. Yeah, it's the Yeah, about it. Based off the TV show, which we can just talk about that too. The American hero story, that sequence was super cool. It's definitely paying homage to Zack Snyder's take with his movie. People I saw were saying that it was making fun of it. I think that, I'm pretty sure Damon Lindelof is a fan of Zack Snyder's take. And the reason why he did this story and not made it just a, you know, basically a remake of the comic was because he thought he did such a good job with that. Zack Snyder did such a good job with that. Just with all the slow motion action and just it being pretty much straight out of the comic. I thought it looked really good too, honestly, in that part. And like some of the camera angles were really cool. The one that I liked was when the Robert first came in and then he pointed his gun up to the ceiling and the camera angle shifted upwards right as he shot. It was, that was a pretty cool camera angle. Yeah. And I think, so they, in the PD file this week, the PD PDF file, it said that the first season, this is the second season of American Heroes story. And the first season was centered on the Minutemen, or sorry, it was centered on Rorschach's story. So that also kind of makes sense for why this whole Rorschach hype has come back in this universe. Mm, It's another another way that people are getting riled up about it. In that doc, it said that there was another book that was getting republished and the FBI agent is super worried that it's going to start riling people up even more who aren't aware of this whole story with Rorschach and all that. Does Looking Glass remind you guys of Rorschach a lot? Fuck yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, he eats food in the car. And he eats it the same way. He doesn't pull his mask fully off. He just pulls it up to his nose. Yeah, and he ate the food in the car the same way Rorschach was eating those cold beans when he was meeting with Night Owl. I thought that was kind of an homage maybe to him, to that scene. He totally parallels him. Yeah, and then with Looking Glass being just super cold to um, Sister Night. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, he's probably suspicious of something. Yeah, also obviously the KKK suit was very suspicious. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Like that dude... You have any theories on that? I think either that guy's dad or grandpa had to have been one of those guys from the Tulsa riot, had been one of those cops back then, or even his uncle, who in the doc in the PD file, it said that his uncle was his dad's twin, which that's an interesting detail to throw that in there. And I'm not sure. I have a theory on this guy. I think that maybe maybe he was a mole or like a double mole. So he's pretending to be in the KKK or or was pretending to the KKK to get info or vice versa. Or maybe he was in the 7th Cavalry because I was just thinking about that scene where you know Angela gets shot in her at, during the white night. She stabbed that guy right in the neck, kind of right where he got stabbed. And so I was thinking, what if he's the one who took her to the, to the hospital or they kind of planted that because he had an idea going forward of what he wanted to do with her. That's extremely plausible, I feel like, honestly. Yeah, maybe he. And what if he did all this? He. But why would. He, yeah, why would he do that, though? I mean, I could see that happening, but. Yeah, what if he's doing it because he wanted to get the whole Keen Act revoked or whatever so that mask mass heroes can come back or people can wear masks or so the cops did? It and that's why he did that. Yeah, because he was really eager on giving everyone free use of guns for a night and letting just the rules slide. He's like, fuck it. <laughs> I think he kind of seemed. Like he wasn't necessarily down with that, but I maybe that he wasn't necessarily down with it because he knew he'd be killing people that he is really in on with. Oh, Jud. Well, Judd just seemed okay. Sorry, I should take it back. Judge didn't seem super down when they did the interrogation stuff. Oh yeah, not not super opposed though either. Yeah, I was thinking. I was saying more the like free for all mode that he invoked for twenty four hours. Yeah, was it is a tiny bit sus. Yeah, but necessary at the time. What do you guys think that her husband was doing that during that time? Cuz he was kind of watching the clocks suspiciously. Wait, whose husband? Sister Knights? Oh, I don't know. Where was he at this whole time? Whatever that happened for him then is going to come forward because that seems like a detail that this writer wouldn't leave out. Yeah. So what if what if he's somehow in the 7th Cavalry? Wouldn't that be a crazy twist? Her husband? Yeah, what if he's in it? Dude, I don't know. That seems like a stretch. The actor said he had to get into great shape for this role for some reason. So he had to get into Black Manna shape again. Maybe he just goes in for his wife and helps her. And they're a badass team. We don't know. I mean, her and her husband. I don't know if this was anything, too. I might be thinking way too much into it. When he was wearing the ghost suit, could have been foreshadowing for the KKK, KKK suit. Or that he's behind something. I don't know. I don't know if I'm on anything with that one. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I going mean, I disagree with you on that one. I but did kind of think about that. I was like, what the fuck? What, the ghost? Yeah, dude, it looked like fucking some KKK robes or something. A little bit, yeah. It a very old school goat, ghost costume. I feel like it could be definitely some foreshadowing. If he was there, he would have had to been the one to kill that other 7th Cavalry member, right? To get her to the hospital? Yeah. Yeah. I just, it's weird that they didn't explain that if that's what happened. Or her husband and Judd were in on something together. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's oh, what I okay. think. Okay. What was, uh, you know, when that Asian girl goes to the stand and then the guy's like, does she really read these every day? And then the girl's like, do you? Who's the she? Who's she getting the paper for? Does she? Read- oh, I'm not sure. I didn't even think about that. I thought that scene just kind of mirrors. Remember how in the in the comic, they always show the newspaper guys that are talking together and they're just a kind of a side story that talk about the events of the story Yeah, but they wouldn't have included that if it didn't mean something, right? Yeah, well what's your theory? I don't know. I just wanna know if you had a theory. I was fuck I've been I've been trying to think about it for like a day now and I'm like I don't know who they haven't alluded to any woman. Remind me, who who was the girl reading the paper? It was it was like a little girl, right? Teenage girl, I think. Okay. I can't remember that scene. And she came out of this nice ass white car. Yeah. And went and grabbed a paper and then the dude at the stand he's like Hey, does she really read those things? I'm not sure on that one, Luke, honestly. Or maybe it's Lori. I don't think Lori Blake is in the story yet. I think she's going to show up next week because she's definitely an FBI agent. That's The PDF file confirmed that. She's going to be old then. As fuck. She'll be older. I don't think it's her, though. She probably reads the papers just because they didn't have the internet back then. That was the only way to still read stuff. Or not back then. I mean, sorry, in this alternate universe, they, they don't have the internet or cell phones. And I thought it was just kind of paralleling, paralleling those characters from the graphic novel. Bernard and Bernard who are just always at the, the newsstand together and they die together in the attack of New York. What? I haven't got that far yet. That's sick, though. No, oh, spoiler. One thing that I thought was pretty cool was the scene with, what's his name? uh, Hooded, Hooded Justice. That was pulled directly from the graphic novel. You You guys remember the excerpts from Under the Hood? Yeah. Yeah. The first excerpt has a detailed description of the fight. Oh, yeah. That, that shit was straight out of under the hood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For people that are saying this show doesn't follow the graphic novel very well, I mean, there's some pretty good examples of it pulling exact, straight from the graphic novel. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think it even just parallels stuff very good. Even this reveal with the KKK suit. Yeah. is what happened in the graphic novel when Rorschach finds the comedian suit in Eddie Blake's closet. That's even a parallel with that. There's a lot of stuff. The one, oh, the one thing I'll say, though, that this show so far that I don't think is doing as good with the graphic novel is the graphic novel felt like there's this big world threat. The, you know, the superpowers are about to start World War Three. Yeah. It just felt like a bigger threat than what's happening in Tulsa. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does it definitely feels more small-scale, for sure. But we're also only two episodes in, so maybe we just don't recognize the scope of it yet. Yeah, for sure. But that's what I just meant. That'd be my only complaint right now, and I really like this show and what it's doing so far. I'm really into it. Oh, I'm, I'm liking this show a lot so far. Just all the questions it's raising, it's, it's nice. Yeah. So I was just going to ask, so what do you guys think Ozymandias is really going on? It's It's got to be he's either in this fake world or he's still experimenting with genetic mutation, you know, because with the clone theory getting confirmed now, because just remember when he had in the comics, he had that pet pet cat thing. It was was named name, Bubastis. Yeah. So I'm not sure. And then there's the tomato he ate off the tree and shit. There's definitely something going on. And he did the birthday cake again in this episode. That's two episodes in a row. Yeah. What do you think the anniversary is, is of? Fuck, I don't know. What if it's some it's some Groundhog Day? And he's reliving shit. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> he's stuck in his experiment. I don't know. Or Maybe. Doctor Manhattan has him locked in this this place. His alternate plane of reality or something. I don't know. There's there's definitely something else going on, and just also why do you say he, why do you say we'll need that body before long? When they were taking away that burnt one, he's gonna use those bodies for something. He's scheming on something right now. Yeah. What is this shit? I think. Either that could be true, or I was thinking maybe even he's just jealous of Dr. Manhattan's powers, and he's just trying to recreate that situation so he can also be like Dr. Manhattan. I do believe that, too. I definitely think that he's either he's trapped in a world and he's trying to break out of it somehow, or he's trying to figure out how to become Dr. Manhattan and reenact the day that Dr. Manhattan was created. And he's always repeating the last thing Dr. Manhattan said to him. It never ends. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you probably just because, you know, this guy's getting old now. He's still immortal. He hasn't achieved his real goal of world peace and advancement. And on the materials online on the HBO site, it says that because of the squid attack that, you know, it puts everyone back with technology and it actually ruined some of the companies that he owned, which focused on future technology. So he hasn't really figured out everything that he wants to do with his life. And it definitely seems that, yeah, he wants to either become Dr. Manhattan or create another one. I'm really on that theory too that Doctor Manhattan isn't on the isn't on Mars and he's somehow projecting that shit up there. And I think Doctor Manhattan is somewhere else in the universe. I just want to know how the fuck do you spell PDpedia? P E T Y Pedia. P E T Y Pedia. E Y. E Y. remember okay. we were talking about it last week, uh, Luke. The FBI agent's name is Petey, so that's why it's called that. No, yeah, yeah. I think he's going for immortality because, like you said, he still needs to achieve his goals and stuff. Yeah, even his clones kind of look like how Dr. Manhattan looked before. Oh, yeah, a little bit. When he was just, uh, what was his name? Wasn't it John? Yeah, it's John. John Osterman. Yeah. Janie Slater, yeah. Yeah, bro. And I, this guy's got to be Ozymandias. Even his horse was named after Alexander the Great's horse. There's, there's so many hints. Bucephalus. Bucephalus, that sounds right. Yeah, that's got to be it. Bucephalus. I think Dr. Manhattan's definitely going to be in the story around episode 6, 7, and 8, though, just based off their titles. Oh, I have not looked that far ahead. I'm not even trying to spoil myself ahead. Oh, shit. No? Don't tell me anything. It's just their titles. Yeah, don't tell me. In the trailer, there's definitely a blue dude. who reaches down and picks up a Dr. Manhattan mask. So it seems like he's coming back at some point, or it's someone who... Or he made a new Dr. Manhattan by this point. It seems like he might be in it a lot, honestly. Yeah, I think so, too. It, it's not really... It, once you get Dr. Manhattan in this story, it's really going to feel like 100% like Watchmen. Yeah. I think even some of the people who have that kind of problem with it will come around to that. Even though right now, I think it's doing a really good job doing its own story. You Why'd know, they make a website for this? If The point is, it's just like the comics. So in the comics, there's those chapters in between. There's the Under the Hood... There's the side stories with all the characters to map out the world. It's the same idea, I think, is what they're doing with this stuff online. I get it. I'm just sucking shit. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. Okay, let's see. I was going to say last week, remember my problem? One of my problems was just the score. And I thought the music was really good this time. Santa Baby getting distorted. Just that music when she was just beating the shit out of that guy. was like that blaring stuff. I thought it really depicted how she was feeling. Yeah. There was that scene, too, that stuck out for me is when they were doing the American hero story. And then the dialogue kept talking. And it was while Sister Knight was driving. That was a cool parallel to, yeah, she's feeling the same way as this person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There was the part where... I'd say, I guess that's her great-grandpa. He's reaching up and grabs the sign out of the air that paralleled her at the end when she catches it, when it falls down, when the old man will, when he disappears. Which I was going to ask you guys, what the fuck do you think that is? Do you think Nyao was behind that? He must have got out of the FBI, right? Yeah, I was going to ask you guys that too. I, does that look? You can't tell what ship it is, though. It looks like a helicopter-style thing. but yeah, maybe. Or it has a propeller on the back. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it was, but... Yeah, who fucking knows? We didn't really get a good look. I just saw the bottom of, like, a ship, and I didn't really see the shape of it at all. My theory is it's Old Man Night Owl. Mm, definitely could be. That'd be sick. He's just saving this old dude, this random old guy. Everything that guy says, too, is ends up being so literal with the skeletons in the closet. I have friend, friends in high places. <laughs> and how he just says, I'm the man that hung uh, Chief Judd just repeatedly. Yeah. I mean, he might. Okay, I don't know if he did that, but he remember he foreshadowed that when he says, do you think I can lift 200 pounds? And even if he didn't do it, he definitely knows who did that shit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, probably. I would say (laughs) there's no way that he wouldn't have seen it. Yeah. Okay. So, Ross, since we get to talk last week, what else do you like about this show? I, I really like Regina King's acting also. I like her as a knight or sister knight. Yeah, it, the one the one problem for me with her is that I've watched way too much Boondocks that she sounds, and she's one of the voices of the kids. Oh, really? so every time she screams I, or yells, I'm like, damn, it's hard to disassociate that. But <laughs> so, yeah, acting is great. I was not thinking, I ain't seen the Boondocks, but her yelling, I was like, Jesus, sounds like a fucking rabid raccoon or something. It's just <laughs> so goofy and, I don't know, I guess fake, yeah. Oh, when she was pissed. Yeah, it sounds so shitty. Oh, you think so? I didn't think it sounded like that bad. I don't remember what part you're talking about, though, bro. Every everyone who screams and cries it's, in any show, it's usually cringy a little bit. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. It was. For the most part, okay. Let's see. Anything else? Oh, they introduced that Joe Keen guy. That guy's definitely related to the guy who started the Keen Act. Which for listeners don't know. That was the guy. Or that was the act that banned superheroes, mass superheroes back in the day. And he's yeah. friends with the chief, with Judd. So that's a connection. Wait, is the Keen guy the senator? Yeah. Or the governor? The senator. I think he's going to have a bigger role in the coming episodes. Yeah. I would say, yeah. If he's, I didn't know he did the Keen act. It was the same Keen. It, no, just, it, was, it was his dad or his, oh, his grandpa dad. or something. Yeah. yeah he, I would say, yeah, he's probably going to have a big role too. Yeah, and then in this episode, we saw the kid using the Dr. Manhattan technology, and he's building that castle, so I don't know what that means. All, yeah. these, all this castle stuff, it's got to be connected. Anything else? I think that's it. Oh, we got some fan questions. Let's hit them. Um, let's do it. One fan question, and then one from Julian, our producer after. It's the first one at the Scott V. Just wanted to hear your guys' opinions on the review bombing that's going on. People are upset that the show is taking liberties with the story do you think it the series strays too far from the book? I think we kind of answered that, right? Well, I think one of the other things that people have been really mad about is that, okay, for whatever reason, a lot of people... Yeah, the audience score is pretty bad. Yeah, the audience score, and a lot of it I see is because of Rorschach. For some reason, people think this guy was a hero. Probably a lot of people who watch the movie, because in the movie, it doesn't really depict him as hard. You know what I mean? It's like this crazy fuck, like they do in the comic. But, yeah, I mean, he beats uh, the... F- the shit out of people but yeah and there's a lot of things that are wrong with them and they people are pissed that he would what he did and what he said at the end of his journal would get taken by radical groups and we've talked about this on the pod before i don't see i think it makes sense with how he acted if you read Damn. his journal from the graphic novels it's pretty it could definitely be interpreted the wrong or i mean it could definitely be picked up by a radical group for sure yeah and the the guy who wrote the story was it alan moore yeah alan moore made it wrote him to be kind of a parody on superheroes and not someone you're really supposed to idolize or anything even though i did like him as a character he's not it's but it's someone that he could easily be taken in this way and his ideals yeah i agree okay and then this was the we had a question from Julian our producer he asked why was that dude trying to visit the kids if their parents are dead? And he's talking about those that scene on Angela's porch when her husband's inside playing with all the kids. Wait, It sounded, and? It sounded like a court order vi- visit. Yeah, it was their grandpa oh. or something. That's what I mean. Yeah, that's what I figured, right? He's their grandpa. He must be a relative of one of the cops who died. Yeah. She seemed like she didn't, really didn't want him there, though. Yeah, that definitely seems like a character we're going to find more out. Like more about going forward Mm -hmm. yeah that was a little heated exchange there yeah he did seem like a douche though (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah, if you really cared about those kids you wouldn't fucking take money just to leave yeah yeah right that's a good point okay so that's that's pretty much all we got um we got any reviews Billy Billy. I got one review Billy 118 thanks guy thanks all the way from London hell yeah Got those U.K. Little Billy. Billy Edwards. <laughs> Where's that? <laughs> <thing>? <laughs> Shout out. All right. That's it. So follow us on Twitter at NotAMoviePod. Feel free to DM us with your theories or questions, whatever, going forward. Follow us at Culture Crave. What else we got? Is that it? Yeah. So, yeah, drop us a review, drop us a rating, subscribe on YouTube. It's under culture crave. Shout out to Julian. Oh, yeah, shout out to Julian. Shout out Julian Gallegos, j5music.com. Yes, all right. I think that's it. We out. All right, later, 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 later. Later. (laughs)